You're listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel bosses just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by launching digital products online. I'm your host, Eden Freed. Let's learn to launch. bosses, we've got another lazy launch episode in store for you. And if you're new to this, lazy launch is not a negative term here on this podcast. I actually mean it really positively. I'm I mean launches that don't require a ton of prep work, that didn't incite a ton of overwhelming work or stress. So lazy actually has a positive connotation at least here on the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. We're going to hear from Rachel Griman today. Rachel is a copywriter and a documentary family photographer in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She owns Green Chair Stories, a company committed to writing words and taking photographs that look and sound like real people. She is going to walk us through her digital product launch experiences, and you're going to want to grab that pen and paper or at least take lots of mental notes because this is definitely going to get your creative juices flowing for sure. Before we dive in, Reminder that if you want to learn how to launch your digital product in the next 90 days, I've got a free roadmap that's going to show you exactly how to do that without the fluff. Head over to edenfreed.com forward slash RBL to grab your free copy. Please join me in welcoming Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Welcome. So excited to have you here. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. And Rachel has a little bit of a different background um, than the type of person we usually have on the show, which I'm so excited about because you have a really cool story. But before we dive into that conversation, tell us a little bit more about who you are, how you got started, all the good stuff. Yeah. So I was a photojournalism major in college 10 plus years ago, and I worked for a bunch of nonprofits for the decade following school. And I always did writing and photography. And then in 2014, while I was still at my full-time job working at a nonprofit, I started doing family photography on the side. And then that became a full-time business. So I became self-employed. And then I started writing for other photographers because it felt like an area that they needed a lot of help in. And I had been a copywriter for nonprofits for almost a decade at that point. So I was like, sure, I'll do that. And so I started writing for them and it became, it kind of overtook the photography side of my business. So Mm -hmm. I would say for the past four years, maybe even five, I've been solidly copy, a copywriter. And then photography is more like just something that I do for fun to supplement that. But most of the bread and butter comes from copywriting. And I think most of your listeners will know that copywriters, a lot of us foray into the digital product world. It's just kind of like a next step for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you're on the show today to talk specifically about what we're calling lazy launching and lazy has all these negative, <laughs> negative connotations, but I don't think I actually embrace it. You know, like whatever we can do to make things easier and simpler and still get great results. I'm like, let's, let's learn all about that. Um, so Tell us what products you decided to sell. And I think you have two products, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So go, go for that. Tell us what you sold. Yeah. So 20 in 2019, I made my first product and that was like three years in the making because I would have all these photographers come to me who really wanted help with their copy, but it wasn't worth, they weren't at a point in their business where it would be worth a couple thousand dollars to have a professional write it. They just needed, they kind of needed to do the lazy copywriting, you know? 
and they knew nothing about how to write words that sell, how to find what made them different. And I had nothing to help them because it was like, you either hire me for the full thing or nothing at all. So I had no stepping stone toward my full services. And I was not thinking about it from a business perspective at first. I was more thinking like, I feel so bad turning these people away with nothing to help them other than my free Instagram content. It just wasn't enough. So I, I had been compiling things that I thought were teachable to people who were not copywriters for at least two years, maybe more um, in a Google doc. And I would just add to it every time I put the client, it was like everything I could teach them. I would just write in that Google doc. And eventually I took myself on like a retreat in the woods in the summer of 2019. And I just wrote a guide and it's a DIY guide for photographers to write their websites. And it takes them through my entire process that I do with my clients one-on-one. And it just tells them how to do it for themselves. Um, And it's really in like layman's terms. So they're not having to look up what certain terms mean in the copywriting world. It's just like, if you want to write a website that will convert better than what you have now, this is for you. So I had rebranded my whole site um, in 2019 and I wanted to have the product as a part of that rebrand. So when I launched a new site, that was like the big thing was that now I have a product that people can buy. So that was my first launch. I love that you created a product almost without the intention of selling it. Like you, oh, there was no strategy. There was no strategy. But you know what? That is where the most natural organic products come from. You found a gap in what your customer potential customers needed and you filled that gap like that's mm-hmm. whereas most people start the opposite they're like hmm, let me think of something I can sell and then they start coming up with random ideas right and then it does get addictive and you're like oh I can make money off of this like mm-hmm. this isn't just helpful this right. is the cherry on top yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so then I started to create a little more strategy once I saw mm-hmm. oh this is as simple as what I teach everyone else like this is the first offer then there's a second then there's a third and it was like kind of coming all together in my mind. But at first it was truly just meant to be helpful. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I am grateful to make some money on top of it, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think this is also a great example for people who are primarily service providers to figure out how can I serve the people who can't afford or choose not to pay for my services? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how can I profit off of that too? And, you know, this is a great supplementary approach for sure. And I think it was, that was really important to me because once I realized like, oh, I'm putting a product out into the world and I have been critical of people who make products for a long time, just because I feel like there's so many out there that are just low quality just to, you know, passive income on the side. Mm -hmm. And I was adamant that that would not be a product that I created. Like it was going to be high value, worth way more than people spend you know, not giving people too much, but just enough that it can make a difference in their business. And I didn't know if that would be possible. So I think that's why it took me so long to create it. I didn't know if I could find that happy medium, but I think I did. I hope I did. It sounds like you set really high standards for yourself, which is always, it's a, it's a good and bad thing, right? <laughs> well, which is funny because when you look at what I did for launching, they are not high standards. It is <laughs> minimally viable, which we have discussed. (laughs) So let's talk about that. What is lazy launching to you? Like if you were to define it, what does it mean? Well, for me, and I think it looks different for everybody. It's just not doing the things I don't like doing at that moment. And I've launched two products one time each and the launches looked very, very different both times, but both times it was like, what sounds fun? 
because I'm not a launch copywriter. I write websites. Those are very, very different things like funnels and websites. As far as copywriters go, they might as well be different professions. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this wasn't something that I was like, I do it all the time for other people. I'm just going to do it for myself. I didn't know anything about it. So whatever I was going to do for launching, I had to learn myself. And so for me, it was like, I would look at these launch plans that people put out, you know, free content on Pinterest and things like that. Or I talked to my other launch copywriter friends and they would kind of show me the steps of a launch. And I would be like, okay, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That sounds interesting. I'm going to learn about that. And I just kind of like cherry picked what sounded fun to learn. And that's what I did. So for my first one in 2019, I did a really, really big giveaway. I don't think I would do that now, but it really, really worked then. And again, I wanted it to be something really cool. So as a photographer myself, I know what my favorite gear is and what my favorite products are to use for my photo business. So I bought one of everything that I love. So it was like $600 worth of stuff, my favorite photo bag, my favorite memory cards. And so I used Instagram heavily. I really relied on Instagram to sell my first product because I was really active on there. And so I had people enter the giveaway by following me a couple days before I launched my product. And I guess the day that I launched it, I had, I posted the picture with everything and you had to follow me in order to enter and you got the guide as part of the giveaway. So that was kind of like, that sounded the most fun to me because I really liked Instagram. I really liked hanging out there. And I knew that the people coming to me, there would be more for them down the road. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like they were going to come for this launch and then not find anything. Like I was constantly posting tips on social media for photographers for their copy. So I wanted the audience I grew to be very, very specific. So it wasn't, I didn't want anything general. I wanted it really specific. So, which is my whole business, you know, I only write for photographers. So um, that's really how I grew my audience to launch this to. And the sense of urgency was important to me. So I discounted it. Um, I hated emailing at the time. So I only sent like, I think two or three emails total the week that I launched. Um, but even doing that was really stressful to me because I was not an email writer at the time. So that was minimal for me. Oh, and sales pages are really fun. I really like doing them. So I have really pretty long, beautiful researched sales pages for both of them that I wrote and I invested in a designer to do them both times. So that's kind of the elements for me that I used that time. A giveaway, just bare minimum on emails and a really nice sales page. Okay. So let's dig into the giveaway a little bit more. Yeah. And you mentioned that you don't know, you're not sure if you would do it again. Looking back at that experience, what worked and what didn't work with the giveaway? Honestly, I think it just worked at the time. Like it got me a lot of new people and I had not been consistently emailing my list. And so it set me up so well because it grew my, I think it probably doubled my list that week. And so it really gave me a whole new audience to communicate with in the future. So even if it wasn't, I think it did convert well on the sale of the guide, but even if it wasn't as profitable as it could have been, it still set me up for future sales. Um, And I know I still have a lot of people from that giveaway in 2019 now on my list. Yeah, because there are a lot of question marks around giveaways, especially on Instagram, honestly, yeah. any platform, like yeah. are, are the people who engage in them going to remain engaged down the line? So it is interesting to hear that 
fast forward to now that you still have people from that giveaway that are engaged. Now, I'm, I'm curious about the timeline. As you said, you shared the giveaway for the first time the day that you launched the guide, right? I can't remember. I think maybe, or maybe I posted about the giveaway that it would be live the next day. Okay. So it was was kind of like close to that period. Do you think that timeline was, was ideal or do you, would you have benefited from sharing it more earlier? What do you think? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because I had the idea for it and I got everything ready. This is what happened. I, you have to forgive my mom brain. Like you're oh talking about yeah. something a year and a half ago. Like it's a miracle <laughs> that I can even reference it. So I was going to do it all on the same day. And then my dear friend and designer, Maddie Tigreen was like, Hey, Rach, that's not going to work. Like the timing you need to give people, like you need to build yeah. the audience and then launch to them. And I was like, Oh yeah, right <laughs> this is how much I know about launching. And So then I switched it and it was like, it was so fast. I very specifically remember, I thought I had three days to take the photo and post it to Instagram. And Maddie was like, you need to do it tonight. And it was like October. So it was dark at 530. And so I ran outside. I put everything on the sidewalk. I live in the middle of Philadelphia. It's not pretty (laughs) next to my trash cans. And I had my huge Bernadoodle standing next to me and my toddler was naked eating snacks. And I was just like trying to, and it needed to be beautiful because my audience is photographers. So I was like trying to like style this gorgeous thing on the streets in Philadelphia. And it was such a mess, but it needed to get done because I needed that time. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that's how it was. And but you got the shot. It would have been better if I had like a week to build up yeah. to it and talk about it in stories and talk about each product that I was giving away and all of that. But it was like, oh, I didn't plan this correctly. So yes. It's, it's good to know because I was genuinely curious. Was there a strategy behind sharing it so close to launch or? No, there yeah. sure wasn't. <laughs> Well, I love the the raw behind the scenes of this. It just makes it all all oh, yeah. more real for us normal humans. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I am. Okay, so with the giveaway, um, you said it doubled your list. How yeah. did the giveaway tie into the list? Like, what were the requirements of participating in the giveaway? I think the requirements were you had to be following me. You had to tag someone else, like another photographer, and then there wasn't anything about the email list sign up that like entered the giveaway, but I offered um, the discount only in the, in the email list. So I said, want to get on my list or if you want the discount, you have to get on my list. It's in my bio. So that's That's how I did that. Super cool. I love that strategy. So what was that discount for? Um, I wish I could remember for you. Um, Something I good, obviously, right? <laughs> like it was almost $100 off. Okay. No, actually, I didn't ask you how much the, the guide cost. Like, yeah. what was the original price for it? So full price that it's been since then, it was $199 for the guide. Mm-hmm. And then there was a bonus resources section with, like, all the resources that I included that if you wanted to learn more, it's, like, super, super heavy. There's, like, 200 resources in there. People, you can hire templates. You can buy books. You can read podcast episodes to listen to. It's really intense. And that got you membership into my private Facebook group that I only allow past clients into. And I'm there every week answering copy questions. So it was a hundred dollars extra for access into that group. Now I don't offer access into that group anymore because I like to keep it private and tiny and exclusive for my clients that hire me. Um, but people could get in there for the first year that it was live. Now it's just 199 bucks if you want the guide and the resources are included, just not the Facebook add-on. It was just like 
again, I don't like to complicate things. So I wanted to just make it one offer, not manually adding people to a Facebook group every time they bought the upgrade. Um, so I think when I launched it, I made it like 139 instead of 199. Okay. Like 239 or something mm-hmm. if you wanted the upgrade. So, and I think that price was only available for like a couple days. Awesome. I, I love that approach because, you know, you really tied in the email. I know you said you didn't email a whole, t- like a whole yeah. bunch, but you obviously knew that having them on your email list was going to be a good opportunity for you to engage them in the long run. Yeah. Um, well, and I had been cultivating content right. to use. So after they were on my list, I have been emailing my list religiously since then because okay. I knew I was going to get people on it and I knew I could. It just, it wasn't like on my radar. I had just, my daughter had just turned one at the time when I rebranded. So I kind of gave myself the first year of her life to reassess where I was going with business. And then I think once she turned one and I stopped breastfeeding, I had more time and I was like, you know what? I can do this and I'm going for it. And it's, it's so amazing what I you think, can do when, you, when you're not breastfeeding anymore. <laughs> incredible. I, my son just turned one. Your body. Yeah. I'm like, what is my life now? I don't even do you know. feel like a million bucks? I do. It's great. <laughs> my son is eight months. So in four months, I will be joining you again in the land of the living. For now, <laughs> I'm a shell of a human. <laughs> That's. I mean, I'm going to be back into breastfeeding land in a few months when my next child is born. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll, well congrats and my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, okay. So the emails, and you said you emailed only a handful of times, um, and I'm probably really challenging you to think back to what these are, but do you remember what types of emails you sent and what they entailed? I remember feeling so salesy because I sent like a T minus three hours until the deal goes away email. And I had, I've on, I'm on so many lists that do that. And every yeah. time I'm like, you know, like you've emailed me a million times. But it worked and like a lot of people bought. So I know that I think that was like my third email. I think Mm -hmm. I sent two. One was like a story about how it helped someone. And then one was that. And I forget what the other one was probably just introducing it to my email list in the first place. It's, it was not fancy. So looking back on that, that approach to email, what would you change if anything? Well, my second launch that I ever did was just in December of this year, and I only used email. Oh. And so looking back, I would have said, hey, Rachel, you built a product that you're really proud of. It's okay to tell people who voluntarily signed up to be on your list what it, what's inside of it. <laughs> like, I love I, that. I think I was really afraid to talk about it because I was like, oh, I told them so many times. <laughs> Like on Instagram and my stories, I've now emailed you twice about it. Like you must be done hearing from me. And it's like, Rachel, no one's paying attention to you. You have to say it a billion times. Yep. That's the thing. It's like, we are doing all these things like as the creator and as the seller. So it's like, you feel like it's so much, but the the person doesn't feel like that because they're not stalking you like you think they are. (laughs) No, no one cares about you that much. Yeah. I tell myself that all the time. It just, I think, especially as a woman, it feels so narcissistic to talk about something you've done that much. Mm -hmm. And it has to be really braggy, to be frank. Like if you're going to email about something you made, you have to be really proud of it. And that's really hard for me personally, even if it's true, even if I am really proud of it, even if I do think it's awesome and I think everybody should buy it, I, I have a really hard time saying that. It's interesting you say as women, like I totally agree with that sentiment and how many men are out there like, 
on their pedestal saying a million times how amazing they are and their products are why can't we why can't we talk about it in that way and too? they get an eye roll if they're salesy we get a judgment yeah and those are different things and so i think that's always been really hard for me i feel like i've been on both the giving and receiving end of that judgment and so i like i just made it you know, I said, I'm on a bunch of email lists where people email me a bunch and I am like, oh, gosh, you know, right. and so I think knowing that I do that, I imagine other people doing it to me. And I'm like, no, I want everyone to like me. We are harsh people. That's just how it is in our society. It's it's harsh to, I don't know, to live. <laughs> yeah, but we got to eat. So I'm getting over exactly, it. Exactly. And I think it's a constant work in progress. Like, you know, I've been doing this for years, but I still struggle with that mindset as well. And it doesn't appear to go away. It's just, how can you cope with it? In a yeah. Bit? Something that's really helped me with that is that um, it was really hard because my Instagrams are the same. So my friends and family became my audience very, very quickly when I changed mm -hmm. to a small business yeah. owner. And that was what messed with me because I felt like I was launching to my friends and family it. instead yeah. of to an audience that had signed up to be there as people who wanted copywriting. And so as I have transitioned and my email list has slowly veered into the audience lane instead of the friends and family lane, it makes it a lot easier for me because my friends and family do not care about copywriting. So I need to stop asking them to, or just remove them from that. <laughs> so that helped me a lot. That's definitely a, a shift for, for a lot of people in the beginning of their businesses. It's, and it's not so easy to do, but. Mm -mm. Okay, so your second product, yeah. um, what was that? How much did it cost? Tell us a little bit more. The second product? Mm -hmm. So my second product is email templates for photographers. And again, this was a product that I was asked to write. I'm not kidding. I think I wrote it down like 33 times. 33 different people asked me to write templates for them. So they probably needed it. Photographers really <laughs> struggle. And it's like, you think, you know, how bad it can be. And then you read some of their emails and you're like, Oh, uh, yeah. this is worse than I thought <laughs> it was. And like, poor people, they're photographers. They should not have, they did not sign up to be like email strategists. So I basically used my own workflow that I go through as a photographer, all the points of contact that I have with people. And I wrote out, and then my one friend who's a wedding photographer generously sent me hers, like every email she sends, just the list, not the actual content. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of merged those together and I wrote out templates that photographers can just plug and play their own process into. And it's kind of a workflow and templates in one because it shows people when they should be communicating with their clients and how often and what they need to say. So the email templates now are... $76, I think. But when I launched them, I did 38. Okay. And there's cool. like more than 20 templates in there. I love listening to your product explanations because they're just so refreshingly almost simple, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I just yeah. mean that like, they're so useful. Like they sound amazing. For Absolutely. I'm not trying to like revolutionize the copywriting industry. Yeah. I'm like looking at photographers, like these poor little dumb writers and helping them not feel dumb. Yeah. because they did not sign up to do this and I did so I can help them that's amazing okay so what did that launch look like and I know you said you relied mostly on email for that one right yeah so I should caveat this I am not on social media anymore but 
my clients are. So mm-hmm. I have my Facebook group, which I still check once a week. Um, and I'm in there interacting with them and they're all on social media. So part of the launch was I posted in there and most of the people who asked me to write them were in that group. So I gave the whole group five bucks off the $38 price. It was like $33 for them to buy. It was like less than a dollar or a little more than a dollar a template. But I said the first five of you to share this on social media, on your social media and screenshot it and email it to me, I'll give you them for free. And that's cool. Yeah, it was great. And so a bunch of that, like probably 10 of them screenshot it. And so I gave the first five. um, Actually, no, I didn't give $5 off to everybody. If you screenshotted it, I gave you five bucks off if you weren't one of the first five. So that got a ton of traction because it's such a cheap product at $38. Mm -hmm. And it was only $38 for like five days. And it was the week between Christmas and New Year's because very rationally and logistically, my husband had off work. So I was like, okay, you may be the stay-at-home parent. I'm going to work. (laughs) And so literally, this is how much strategy went into it. I knew when I wanted to email and the idea of what I wanted to email, but I wrote the email every morning. Like I woke up and sat down and wrote it. And um, I always say like hashtag no edits right now in this season of life because I'm a mom and I don't have time to edit my emails. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I felt sending those emails out every morning. It was like, there's no time. Like this is is the maximum capacity that I have. The fact that I'm launching a product, I deserve a Nobel Peace Prize. And so I didn't stress too much about it. Um, I'm sorry if you hear that horn in the background. Again, I live in the middle. I don't hear it. So you're good. (laughs) Fantastic. So yeah, that's what I did with that one. So it was heavy on the emails and heavy on my audience. And I have a couple photographer friends who are also educators and them sharing it on their social media was huge. I know I got a lot of traction for that. And there's just, there's a handful of photography specific templates, but that's what it is like a handful. So it's not like I'm in, you know, a sea of competitors with this. It's probably like, well-known like 10 or less so that felt like a good place to be and i i love this because there are lots of email templates out there but like you said not so many of them are specifically targeted to photographers so you took a very common product idea but niched it down based on your customer which is a, a good approach to take um, yeah. and, and the people who were in your Facebook group, they were all past clients, right? So these are all yep. people who have paid you at some point for your services or product in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of them bought. Yeah. So that's really cool. And a great example of how, if someone spends money with you once, they're statistically more likely to spend more money with you in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking back at the numbers, do you happen yeah. to remember like how many people actually went and shared how many people actually bought? Um, I had pulled it up for you. I don't know how many from the Facebook group bought. Like I haven't broken that down. I probably should. But in that first like um, window when it was like cheap, Mm -hmm. I sold 178 of them. Wow. And then that, I'm trying to think, that was like almost six grand for the launch or no? seven grand. That's pretty awesome for a 30 something dollar product, right? Yeah, it was great. And so I, you know how, like when you launch something, maybe this is just me. 
in your head, in my head, it was like, okay, 150 would be great. I'd love 150. But in my head, I'm like, what if I sold like 500? <laughs> you know, like you had that like little thing in the back of the your head. little voice. Like, that's, yeah. Hey, Rachel, you didn't post about this once on social media. Like be grateful for your 150. <laughs> that's crazy. So you just no social media at all besides what you talked about with your Facebook groups, which I really consider not social media. That's more leveraging your existing customer base right, in a way that right. reaches them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was so tempted, like I've been on social media since September, just because, and I know that you know how this is with kids. It's so easy, especially with the pandemic to just get lost on your phone when you're nursing and mm-hmm. ignore your children and feel terrible about yourself because you have kids and no childcare and other moms are killing it because they do. Like, I just had to remove right. myself from that narrative. I couldn't do it anymore. And my sister just kept saying like, why don't you post about this? Like your audience would eat this up. I mean, I have like almost 4,000 followers, I think on Instagram that have not heard from me since September. And I know if I posted, I would have made a lot more money, but it just didn't, it felt so like not aligned with my values as a business owner to just show up and sell. And that's fine. If other people would have done that, like there's nothing wrong with that. It just like something in my gut was like, this isn't how you want to do this. So I didn't, but it's, it's a debilitating feeling when you go against what your gut instinct says. So I think it's really amazing that you stayed true to that and didn't give into the money. And this is me coming from like, I'm a, a launch coach, right? Like mm-hmm. let's figure out how to make the most money. But right. I do think, you know, having a son in the past year, especially with COVID and everything, like I've been in that social media vortex and I have had crazy anxiety and like, you know, it, lots of struggles. And I respect that. Like, I think that's amazing that you put yourself and your feelings about it before the dollar sign. So thank you. I mean, it still may have been very dumb of me, but (laughs) dumb is relative, right? Like, you know, are we just focused on the money or are we focused on creating businesses that feel good? Absolutely. And I think it's like, what number would have made that feel good to me? Mm -hmm. Let's say I did post and I only sold, you know, like $500 worth of stuff that would not have been worth. Right. my integrity in that moment to be like, I know I haven't talked to you, for <laughs> but you want to buy this thing for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not feel good for anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And we didn't talk about the numbers for that first product, the guy that you sold. So tell us a little bit about that. So I think I sold 85 during the launch week, awesome. which was like 12 K. And how did that compare to the expectations that you had going into that? Um, I think I wanted it to be higher, but I was very surprised that over the next three months, like I, the pace did not slow down. Like I launched and it was a little bit bigger, but I think it was like 12K the first month, 10K the second month, 9K the third month. Like it, it wasn't slowing down. So I did not expect it to have kind of ripple effects into my income for the rest of the year. I thought it would just be like a big thing and then done. And I was like, oh, this is why people have passive income. (laughs) So it sounds like passive income, digital products are not the number one goal for you in your business. It's kind of like the supplementary thing. Um, Looking to the future, do you have any, any more plans to launch? Like how does this fit into your big picture goals for your business? Um, I would totally build another product if the need was there. I will never, or I don't, I shouldn't say never, but I don't think I'll ever be somebody that's like, 
what could I possibly sell? You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think there's a bunch of amazing business owners that are like that. I just, it's not the way my brain works. I am a little slow to the idea of creating something. I need to know that there's a need for it. I, maybe it's just I'm risk averse. So until several people tell me like I would buy this or I would benefit from this, I don't do it. Now I am totally all about partnering with other people who have heard that from their audience. So there's a huge photography community called looks like film and they, we are talking about making products together. And so they'll be responsible for the launching side of things. Now that sounds very appealing to me because then I just have to do the thing that I'm good at, which is creating something helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say like, I was in a tough spot with my business in December and not feeling, I mean, it was just being run down from being a mom and not having childcare and still trying to run this thing. And doing the launch really energized me in a way that I did not think it would. I thought I would be dragging my feet and rolling my eyes. And it was the most fun I had probably all year in my business. So I'm not saying no to launching again, but it needs to be something that feels good in my heart and feels like a good time for me. Because I love what you said, like more than ever, I'm trying to build a business that I enjoy because if it's going to take me away from my kids, then it better be something that's fun. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. Any words of advice, words of wisdom for people who want to plan minimally viable launches or lazy launches? Yeah. Um, Find someone who's smarter than you in the launch space. I think that's really, really important. And that sounds kind of like a joke, but just having people kind of look at my strategy and just recommend just a couple tweaks here and there ended up making a huge difference for me. I had a friend look at my email kind of plan. Um, another designer, her name's Lydia Kerr from Telltale Design. She was just like, oh, why don't you do it this way? And it was like one tweak to the order of the emails I was going to send. And I know it made a huge difference. So there's nothing wrong with launching in a lazy way, but if you could even pay someone to audit your launch, like I have friends that do that. I know. Um, just to kind of look at your plan and make suggestions, it could make a gigantic difference and you'll learn something. Like I now know that, oh, if I'm going to do a giveaway, I need to do it a couple of days in advance. Like (laughs) things like that are, they seem small, but they can make a huge difference in the way you feel about it and in your numbers at the end. So go ahead, lazy launch, only do what you want, but like maybe run it by someone else. And also give yourself so much more time than you think. Like don't try to do everything the week that you're going to do it because you'll realize I should have been doing X, Y, and Z like two months ago. So if you want to launch something, I think the worst thing is when somebody comes to me and they're like, can you help me get this product out in X amount of time? No, I absolutely cannot. That sounds terrible for everyone involved. So launching takes a really long time, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. The general rule of thumb is the more time, the better you know, and the opposite is not true. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So you have a freebie. Uh, Tell us about your free guide that you have. So the free guide is what I call copy lenses. And it's basically something that you down when you download it, it'll walk you through an exercise to find your copy lenses. And I say it's the opposite of beer goggles because beer goggles make everything kind of like foggy and you don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. Whereas copy lenses provide like incredible clarity on what you want in business, who you want to serve and how you want to do it. So it's basically lenses that you put on every time you sit down to write copy about your business that, um, 
it kind of filters through your guiding North star of what you're doing. You're making me think back to high school and whatever class that was where they're like <laughs> alcohol education and beer yeah. bottles. <laughs> did you come up with the term cop, uh, say the term again, copy lenses. copy lenses. Yeah. yeah. Did you come up with that? Yeah. I love that. That's creative. If that's any indication of your copywriting skills, then I think you sound great. Well, I hope so. And it's just for photographers, but if you're a service based business, it would work for you. Cool. All right. We're going to have the link to that in the show notes. And I know you're not really on social media, but where yeah. can we hang out with you? Um, uh, my email list. I do send emails and okay. I might get back on Instagram eventually just to it's anybody's guess when. So it sounds like email is the place to be. So if you grab yeah. that guide, you will be on Rachel's email list. Absolutely. This was so much fun, Rachel. Thank you so much for sharing the behind the scenes of your launches with us. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Rebel Boss, do you want to learn how to launch your digital product in the next 90 days? If yes, grab the free roadmap over at edenfree.com forward slash RBL. That's edenfree.com forward slash RBL. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review and a share on social media. Your support really does mean the world. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time.